This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and the Laugh Button Podcast Network. This is Dan Natterman. By the way, um, does Raw Dog have any other meaning other than unprotected sex? Is there any other meaning for the phrase raw dog. I don't know. I wish I had some kind of technology that I carried around in my pocket. <laughs> well, I thought maybe to... you knew offhand. <laughs> I'm just saying. I really I really have no... I guess I have to go to the library and look at microfiche. I'll never be able to figure that out. I thought you might have known offhand. Not, it's a fair question. Raw dog. Let's look it up right now. Ladies and gentlemen, um, raw dog food. <laughs> like Google, you know, I like the autocomplete, but sometimes it's like, I, I don't need you to add words, Google. I'm, to have sexual intercourse without natural or synthetic lubrication. Oh, uh, what do you mean without natural? What do you mean without natural? Dry, without, without natural or synthetic lubrication. But doesn't your body produce lubrication? Well, not when gnomes involved. <laughs> I, I've never seen that. What are you talking about? <laughs> How does that happen? Um, but uh, I thought larva, I thought raw dog meant um, without a condom. I, I didn't. Well, know. it might have had. To. The point I'm making is is. So it does have another meaning, yeah. Yeah, but the other meaning is is, <laughs> is very close to the meaning that we thought. In other words, look, this is raw dog radio. Let's face it, and we're bringing in these intellectuals, and um, it's just it feels off brand. But anyway. Well, today uh, you have me as your resident intellectual. Um, Periel Ashenbrand is here, as you have uh, ascertained. He is our producer. Noam Dorman, of course, the owner of the Comedy Cellar. We were supposed to have Aruba Ray Allen in. I'm, I'm in the raw dog house tonight because <laughs> Ray Allen, I think this is the first. We've never had a guest cancel 10 minutes before the show before. And well, to be fair, it was, it was about an hour before that he first. Was it, was it, an a, hour? it was actually about 30 minutes. No, I didn't hear about it until around 10 minutes. No, 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 it was 30 minutes. Well, whenever, uh, yes, he, Ray Allen canceled. He in felt, a huff. He felt that he had little to gain. By being on the show, and quite frankly, he probably did have little to gain by being on the show. So, so this is what happened. So, so I don't know. First of all, I had, I'm so stressed. I took a shot of vodka. So, um, but uh, I don't. So last week we were like Ray Ellen kind of uh, came at me. Nicole, Nicole, you need a mic. She doesn't want to get dragged into. How it. do you know what she wants? Because I've asked her every single show. Right, that just you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes girls play hard to get. So Nicole, um, what is she wearing? Though <laughs> is the real question. So so uh, but last week Nicole just come here just, just stand up so I can see you. I do okay. have a mic also. Oh, you have a, oh, she has a mic. I do. I just keep quiet. Okay, Nicole's our 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 uh, uh, audiologist, or I don't know what, what, what you call it. So, um, do, our engineer. So, do you remember last week's show? Yes. So, do you remember last week Ray Allen came at me about how much money I was making from the TV show? Yeah. What's your recollection of that? That you were on very different pages about it. And but why did he bring it up to begin with? Well, wh what website. happened was is you snapped at him for texting whilst we were on doing the show. And you said, you're never coming back. And but he, I was joking. You obviously. were joking, but he took it seriously. Okay, so let's... Let, no, you know, you think for a comic who tells you know, rousting well, jokes for a living. Well, he would know you did, not you did sound them. You did sound serious. I was, no, I was serious and I was annoyed that he was texting, but I wasn't never coming back. But go ahead, go ahead, Nicole. I thought it started with the website. Like, that's where the beef started and it somehow escalated into that. Oh, right. So that's, that's very good. See, I'm happy. See, so he started by, by putting, saying, you know, you should, your website sucks. Like well, you, well, you, you, you had said his that his website. website had a bad 
CO.CO. You were making fun of his .CO first, which he didn't, you know. No, no, because he had actually, he actually texted me thing. You should really take care of your website. Okay. And I said, oh, I said, you, you text me about taking my website and you have .co but then but then so, right so then he said the website was bad but this is all this is all okay and then go ahead Nicole go ahead I don't really remember how we got there I just remember the website and then it just it we got up. there when he you said uh, you're never coming back on the show again he took it more seriously than you meant that he said really well you should have you don't have me on very often and which is pretty shitty because I did this, helped you with your show. So, okay, so, so well, he so, said because I'm a good guest. And he said that again. He said that he was upset because every time he gets invited on, it's to like defend himself against something. Well, no, last time. First of all, that's, 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 that's the kind of logic that you go to couples therapy over because he had a fight with um, Paul Mercurio, right? Who, who, was, who was the fight with? I no, had that a was, fight with Paul Mercurio. Who did Ray have a fight with? Ray had a fight with somebody. Who's uh, Paul Mercurio? Anyway, anyway so um, uh, it's, it's all jumbled in my head. But anyway, the point is this. He, he, he did what I thought was crossing a line that everybody knows. He brought up our private financial business, my private financial business, even though he got it wrong, and he, he, he said that I made, and he put a, he said a million dollars, which is far from the truth, uh, off this TV show, which he claimed, well, I don't remember, what did he say? Cause I, because it's hard for me to distinguish between what I know that he thinks and has said in the past and what he said on the show. Did he say that he, he got the show? What did he say? I really don't want to be involved in, in having this discussion because um, he's not here. I know he's not here voluntarily. Well, he could be here. But nonetheless... Um, Dan, say the real reason you don't want to be in conversation. <laughs> because he's your friend, you don't want to get in trouble with him. Well, I, I, yes, he That's is fine. my friend. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I am on record as saying I believe his role in the show was substantial in getting it on the air. Listen, this is, I like Ray a lot. This has nothing to I do with Ray him Allen. personally. I'm just annoyed that we're stuck here without a fucking guest now. All right, so, so anyway, so he got, Even so though I, I actually quite like so, doing it. So like to this. be honest, I, I was a little miffed that he um, said that about the show and about the money as, as if the way I read it, and Nicole, you correct me. Nicole, I like your point of view. You correct me for <laughs> um, As if he resented the fact that I made more money than he did. Mm -hmm. As if the guy who, um, now this may not be, what I might say now might not be fair to Ray. So Dan, you, you feel free to defend him. I'm going to tell him what I, as, what I took it as, as, but I'm reading mine, so I could be totally off. But it, I took it as if, let's say, I, let's say for the sake of argument, I made a million dollars from that show. Okay. Okay, this was my end of the show. I thought of the idea um, I uh, own the club, and uh, I, I thought of the I thought of the idea that I own the club. I brought the show to various people, and I I guess I told him about the show, and he introduced me to this guy Michael Hershorn. I think that's what happened, and Michael Hershorn sold the show to Comedy Central because he used to work uh, at VH1 for the guy who who was then at Comedy Central. That's what Ray did. On what planet, in terms of ordinary course of business, would our compensation not be wildly well, different? Well, just, just a couple of points. I don't think he resented you making more. Then why does he constantly bring it up? Because I think he wants a little bit of gratitude on your part that you did 
make a lot. He's he I did. I he, didn't. I made a few hundred thousand dollars to be honest. That's, that's what I made. I don't for, think over, it matters. I don't yeah. think it matters. But how also, much I he made. Wait, wait. And nor is it any of anybody's business. Small amount of money, but I don't no, know. No. I don't know what he made. He made. He, um, he made real but money. I think you. When you say that he introduced you to Michael Hirshhorn and you leave his his contribution at that, I think you underestimate it because. He kept it, as I recall, there was about two years elapsed between the initial meeting with Michael Hirshhorn and the, and the, and the thing getting on the air. And I believe he kept it alive during that time um, I, I, through various I, means. Maybe. I, I, this maybe, is, this maybe, would be nice if he maybe, were here to Maybe. To I, don't, I don't know, but maybe he did. I don't, I don't know anything about that. Because I don't think it was just quite as easy as, okay, good idea, let's, let's do it. I think it needed a lot of maintenance along the way. Like what? Well, this would be something that he, he, he could discuss. But I, I mean, and by the way, this show idea was so hot that literally I got, I got cold calls from other production companies who heard about the idea and wanted to uh, allow me to let them to sell it. This the, is what I want to say. I think that I'm yeah. annoyed that Ray's not here. I don't think it's fair that he didn't show up. But I also, and I love him, so, but like I get it, he's upset. But I also do want to say this. I don't know all the crazy Mishagas bullshit here, but I We've do. We've also had complaints about the show being too Jewy. But I. Well, that's, that's my complaint. But I do think that you're generally um, a very fair person. Oh my God, Periel, So, you, what are you going to ask me for? No, nothing. Uh, but so, like, I feel like maybe Ray's feelings are hurt. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. So, so I, I, I re listened to the end of the show, even though it was Periel's idea to air it. Oh, us. will you knock I, it I, off? I, I just, but I, but I, I felt that that guy, um, Bloom, what was his first name? Paul. 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 I was going to say Paul, but I was afraid I was getting it wrong. Cause we had another guest, Arthur Bloom, one time. Um, he had a great time, by the way. I'd like to. That Paul uh, Bloom was kind of like. He did. He was, tweeted. Was, who was like a major world class intellectual, was kind of called into this dysfunctional <laughs> spat. And I was a little embarrassed by it. So I like. Oh, I, okay. So I feel like I wanted to explain to listen, you know, don't, don't mind us. You know, we're a bunch of idiots. And. Um, and uh, so then you said we should air it out, and then I and then I at the end I guess I said I, I felt like I just wanted to like troll Ray a little bit. Okay. Well, are you apologizing? I, I guess I guess I'm, I'm not a, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim total innocence here, but I don't feel I was the aggressor. Okay, but you're apologizing a little bit. No, I'm not apologizing. I'm, um, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. I'm not, I'm not we can, sorry. We can circle back. Well, if I had it to do over, what would I do differently? Uh, I would have still told him not to text message. I was still made fun of him because, uh, as he knows better, is he Dan's texting now? No, as, no, as no, he, I wasn't not texting. He, but, but, but what I'm doing is no better than texting. Yeah, but it's distracting. But as he knows better than anybody, as a, as a performer, that when you're involved in something, you're supposed to be, be uh, uh, have fidelity to the, to the enterprise. So, like, if a customer's looking through their phone while he's on stage, he's going to refer to it. Mm -hmm. If you're alone in a room doing a, a, a podcast and it's just a few of us there and you start text messaging, it's disconcerting, it's disrespectful to what's going on. Also, as the guy who's talking... I need material. Like, I, like you know, I got to talk. I have to say something. Right. So it's like, what am I going to say? Like, what the fuck are you text messaging for? Because it's Dan or Steve Fabricant. It's good radio, too. Like, even, right. even if I exaggerate it a little bit right. for the sake of performance, well, uh, although I wasn't exaggerating. I was, I was, I probably under, I, I was actually more upset about it than I indicated. Like, I probably made a joke out of it when I was like, what the fuck is this guy text messaging? But anyway, um, point is that he understands that it's fodder. Right. And he's a professional. He's a fucking professional. So if he, if from that, 
giving him a hard time about text messaging, he felt then he could escalate it to a public um, speculation about my finances. Don't forget, the top 1% are not well-loved these days, Dan. It's like, you know, um, uh, I, think, I think he crossed the line. I'd say, when he was, I'd say he was the first person to actually cross the line. I think what I did was within the realm of traditional give and take on a show for a guy who was text messaging. What would Howard Stern say if somebody was text messaging? He'd say, what the fuck are you text messaging? Like, he would use that. But to come back at Howard Stern about, listen, I heard you made $300 billion. Like, Howard Stern would get mad. Would it? Yeah, that's what I say. Okay, I you know I I think we've Nicole. What's up? What do you <laughs> What do you say about it? Be honest. Are you Howard Stern in this situation? Of course, he's Howard Stern in every or, or, situation. Or in, any, in any analogy, I'm just saying that. Oh, wait, I'm not texting. I'm calling up my talking points. Oh, that's fine. I'm just saying that I don't think I'm I'm not aggressive, and I don't think. Oh no, not at all. I'm not. I wasn't being aggressive towards Ray. Are you, I can be are, you aggr- are you aggressive towards me when we discuss things like abortion? Aggressive is not the word. Oh, what's uh, the I, word? A, a low tolerance for stupidity. I'm <laughs> 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 sorry. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. You're I really walking. That, I take that back. I take you're walking back. a fine line. So, I, go ahead. Noam wanted Nicole's perspective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If Nicole's willing to give it. Sure. Um, I guess it was kind of weird that he brought it up and it seemed like you were trying to just like squash it or hash it out, but he didn't want to talk about it anymore and just shut it down after his initial comment. I I, I, I actually have no recollection. I find that I have zero recollection of these podcasts after I do them, but go ahead. Um, I don't know if you want to uh, talk about other things. I I think we've... we've, um, you know, said what needs to be said. Uh, first of all, is, is the Rittenhouse verdict come out yet? Come down. All Dan is doing during this entire conversation is thinking, "Okay, what am I going to say when Ray brings this up to me? What am I going to say when Ray brings that up to me?" He's totally petrified. I'm not he petrified, might lose it. But, Dan, but, but, if you lose your Aruba gig, I'll step in. All right. Okay. okay all right. <laughs> That's the only thing he cares about. <laughs> no, it's um. <laughs> in any case, Listen, I love Ray Allen. I have I have no beef with him. Okay, well we should have him on and bring him some chocolates. Well, even though I'm a little bit annoyed, but anyway, the, are we going to be having this conversation in a year about stupid? We might be. <sighs> oh, oh, your stupid thing, mm-hmm. your, your show. Mm-hmm. Listen, Periel did a show and Periel's doing. We're Periel's doing a show and it was. It's animated now. Anyway, the <laughs> written the written house verdict has not come down yet. It probably will by the time this airs tomorrow night. But as of now, there is no verdict in the written. Well, what do you think about Rittenhouse, Dan? I haven't been paying strict attention. Have you been watching the trial? That's a great talking point. It is, and I, <laughs> but I thought the I thought you, the verdict would have come down by now. We could just talk about the mayhem, uh, or the not mayhem. You're hoping for riots? No. Well, I, I think if he gets off, it's it would be it's going to be tense. It's going to be you know I don't think it's going to be riots, but I think it's going to be very tense oh. stuff. Well, I mean, it seems to me, if you read about it, it's pretty hard to see how he gets convicted. They threw out the gun charge. It, it's, I mean, I'm not sure there's enough evidence to, to sustain a civil verdict, you know, 51%, but beyond a reasonable doubt that he wasn't defending himself, how could anybody go there? It doesn't, it defies. Are, are you predicting then? And as again, when this airs, it'll probably be the verdict will probably be. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I, I'm Are not, you predicting an acquittal on all charges? I'm predicting, but not not with a high degree of confidence because I don't understand 
I, I didn't watch it, and, and I don't know how juries operate, and there could be some intimidation of the jury, although I don't think, like I felt with the Derek Chauvin thing, the jury was clearly scared, would have been scared, it had to be on their radar, but here, I have no idea. But yeah, I, if, if things are based on the evidence, I don't see how they could convict him of a murder. Well, my take at the time was, I remember thinking, you know, it was, it's, it's a bad idea to let people walk around with, with, uh, with these guns in that situation, but it was legal to do, I think, or maybe he was underage, but... No, they turned, well, they threw out the charge that he was underage because apparently the gun measured uh, longer than the, the... The law restricted guns below a certain measurement, so okay. the, gun, the gun was actually uh, legal. But even, if it, even, it, even if, if it had been illegal... It would have been a misdemeanor. If he had been 18, it would have been perfectly legal to carry mm-hmm. even why, a, a why shorter gun. Why is this kid walking around with this gun? I don't, I don't understand. It doesn't matter. That's, it's, it, it's irrelevant. Listen, the law, this is what people don't want to accept. The law tells us what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do, period. And if the law allows you to do it, you can complain all you want about him doing it, but you can't bring that into a criminal trial. He's allowed to. He's allowed to carry gun. And by the way, in when the Times analyzed um, the video, this is going back a year already. I remember this. In that video of just following him, they heard sixteen other gunshots that were not his. Which is to say that a reasonable person going around that night would have wanted to carry a gun if they could do so legally because it was dangerous as hell. It was a riot. People were shooting guns. Well, the, the, le- the reasonable person probably would have stayed home, but but that's not relevant legally. Well, I mean, would a reasonable person stay home? Yes, a reasonable person would stay home. Is uh, Am I ready to say that a reasonable person would not uh, endeavor to protect innocent property or innocent lives, wouldn't want to be out there to try to help he was an EMT. He had his medical thing. The, the, the Times followed him giving medical aid mm-hmm. prior to this. Uh, is that an unreasonable person? I mean, I wouldn't want my kids to but do does it. it. But he doesn't but, even but have to be a reasonable person if it's legal for him to carry the gun. Right, but I'm saying it's... it's, it's the word reasonable person there can be taken in a few different ways. Like, you could actually say in a certain sense that anybody who's brave, anybody who, who risks their safety to is, help is unreasonable. is unreasonable. I think that's what we're verging on. He's also he's 17, so he's probably got immature ideas. Maybe he's a avid uh, Fox News watcher or right-wing news watcher, and he's, he's worked up about this stuff. But in the end, based on what we know, he was out there with medical, uh, giving medical aid, and other people, and we know that the people who he shot uh, one of them was out there, uh, you know, yelling the N-word and turning stuff up and lighting stuff on fire. Another person hit him with a skateboard and the other person grabbed his gun. I think I'm getting it all right. Um, I don't know. All I know. So where's the murder? Well, well didn't he kill just, three people? Three people, yeah. He, he shot. killed three people. His yep. mother drove him across state lines oh, with yeah, this like is, an this assault this, this, rifle. This is the dead giveaway. What is the, since when, you're, you know that his mother drove him from Newark to Manhattan like whoever has okay, who said, cares? Even in but the I'm same saying, but, but, state, but, but, fine, but, fair but, enough, but, 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 fair like, enough. But yeah, but, but hold on, it is fair enough. But I'm saying this is such a giveaway on the bias here because why are people harping on this 
crossing state lines thing? Is well, this, this is some the, sort I of think, moral weight to okay, crossing a state right, line in the United States of don't America? Don't harp on that. Fine. Take that out. Why? I mean, imagine a mother driving this kid. I mean, with a fucking gun. Like, I don't understand. It's psychotic. Well, you know what? You know why he went to Kenosha? Because the whole rest of his family lived there. This All is right. another thing they didn't report. It listen, came out. Listen, his the fam- whole thing. His family lives in Kenosha. His father and his sister. So he right. was. So they had him interviewed before the thing on the you know, Daily Call or something. And uh, he said, "I'm I'm here to protect my neighborhood." And they said, "Is it your neighborhood?" He's like, "Yeah, my you know my family lives here." Um. Okay. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you for a second. I think that this whole thing is nuts, but I'm gonna pause you for a second. I have two things to say. Number one, all you do is complain that all we do is talk about political stuff. All we were doing was talking about comedy. You change the topic to this. <laughs> no, number well, one. Uh, number two, Ray Allen just texted me and said that Noam asked me if I'd go on Zoom. I will if you want. Oh, uh, send him send him a link, Nicole. We're here with Aruba Ray Ellen. He he was with us on the last episode. He has come back to defend his honor and his good name against Noam's uh, declarations. Uh, we um, discussed at the top of the show, uh, just we we um, summarized last week's discussion about the law, about the This Week at the Comedy Cellar TV show that aired on Comedy Central about, I guess it was three years ago, two years ago. You summarized the, the tail end, Dan, after I'd left? At the end, Noam said that uh, Ray had issues with the disparity uh, in terms of Noam making a lot of money and, and, and Ray making less money. And Noam had said that, uh, that he felt Ray might have been resentful. Uh, uh, first of all, I'm not sure where, where, where or why you would think that, but I'm not resentful of that show for a second, I think. It was great for so many people involved, you know, uh, and I don't, I have zero, I'm puzzled. I have absolutely no resentment at all. I'm very content with what I earned and, and whatever you made, you made, I don't care. It was that, you know, whatever I said, it was a joke in response to uh, Noam uh, saying whatever he said when I was texting during the show, I took out my phone to text uh liz the gm that i was going to be maybe late for her show uh, for the show i'm sorry at the vu that i was hosting around the corner the village on the ground and also to look up the cecily strong video that uh dan had referenced that's why it was on my phone because everybody at some point picks up their cell phones as noam just did that was a joke right ah i guess well in any case um and then there's also the issue of uh ray ellen's role which we have discussed in the Comedy Central show, uh, I believe Ray Allen's role, uh, Ray Allen's role was cl- was key. That is to say, if Ray Allen, if it weren't for Ray Allen, I don't think that show would have made it to the air. Um, Noam doesn't feel that way. I don't believe. To be honest, I don't have that much of a rec- recollection of it. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know what? Well, can I, I'm in a bind here because I I. I, I... <laughs> Well, let's let's put let's just say this. Just tell me what to say. No, no, no. The point is, is that one of the things that Ray said was that he was sick of coming on and like feeling like he had to like somehow defend himself. You had said, and if you go back and you listen to the beginning of this episode, that you were really just, you know, trolling him and fucking around because you were annoyed about something that he brought up 
but had wasn't really related to his role or anything like that. And Ray was also saying that he would like to come on and feel like a regular normal well, he, guest. He, he, he was invited on last week as a regular guest, but then he kind of brought in the, the Comedy Central show, I think. But, but, but okay. Ray, can, uh, I, can I speak freely? Yes, you can speak freely. Ray, can I speak freely? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, this is what I think. You know that seems. I have an angel and a devil on my shoulder right now. I got to admit. I know you can't see them, but they're but they're but they're but they're talking at me, and it's a, it's a tough one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the angel. Okay, Dan, to you. Dan. Well, <laughs> right, right, Ray. Let me ask you this question: it, it, the, You introduced Noam to Michael Hershorn, the who ended up producing the show. Well, that's not exactly correct, Dan. Uh, and I, by the way, I'm amazed that after over two years, never mind more than that. I mean, we started that thing. We started the whole thing. If I looked, I didn't look at emails, but I think 2015 was when the initial conversation was. And then the thing got on the air in 2018. Like, I don't even understand what we're talking about. It's not just make an introduction. There was two different production companies I proposed the show to, both of which I'd done other work with. And I developed a relationship with, and they trusted me and my taste, and they both were interested in it. And we went and with- and other companies that you didn't introduce me to were interested in it. Right, but you didn't go with them. I don't know why, but that's- them because I went with those guys because you knew them. It wasn't like- uh, Right, so I knew them and I knew they did. There was only one guy who was down, and that was uh, uh, Robert Kelly's, uh, Robert Scorpio, Scorpio, is that his name? Uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but but anyway, none of this. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what I think. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it out there now. Ray, Dan has been to therapy. Do you go to therapy, Periel? I have been. Dan, Ray, do you see therapist? Oh yeah. Okay, I don't see a therapist, but this is what I. I, Wow. I I believe (laughs) that I believe that what I say, at some point, might have been echoed in some therapy session that you might have had at some point. I think you are a serial resenter of people and your your incidents with them I, as i known you let, let me let me interrupt you right there because let, let me interrupt you right there because no, 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 that's no, no, i'm not gonna let you interrupt me right there because i let you speak statement no because you're just attacking me that's insanity let me, let me let me finish my presentation i promise let me speak. we were in a room one night it was when we were doing the when we were doing that shitty comedy seller website i was in the middle of of doing the comedy seller website and i happened to have a list i was with, with ray and robert kelly you want me to stop and I had a list of um, all the comedians. I had like the master database of the comedians. And we went through the list of, the, we were like going through the list of comedians one by one, just like talking about them. And, and like four out of five, Ray had a story with a beef about them. Ray, Ray, Ray's like- This is, so, this is so, absolutely- the beefs, I'm sure were, were legitimate. But I think that little things stay with you. They, 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 they claw at you and you have trouble letting things go. And they and they might even grow like moles, psychological moles. They get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's what I think. Now tell me honestly, Ray. Look look me in the eye. Look me in the eye, Ray. And tell yeah. me, is this is this reminiscent of any conversation you've ever had about what else do you talk about in therapy? This is what you should be talking about. I, I, I don't know how to break this to you, but not only do I not remember what you're talking about in Aruba, because that was probably seven years ago. Remember. Seven years ago, but if you heard the way comics talk to each other about each other, sometimes in jest, sometimes in not, I actually think I am more 
gracious to my colleagues than any other comedian. I'm the first to text them and congratulate them after they have a great, uh, after they do a, a late night set or they get a, a deal. Like I, I don't, I actually believe, I believe the pie is large enough for everybody. So I don't remember the conversation, Noam. And by the way, it could have been completely joking. And so I don't, I don't remember what, what the hell you're even referring to. As far as a resenter, I mean, you're bringing up this TV show from years ago that it almost seems like you have a bring it trouble. Up. You have you trouble sharing. Up. You seem to think that like, you have trouble Who sharing it with other people. Who brought it up? When, last week? Yeah. It was a joke because you're giving me shit about texting and you said you'll you'll never be a guest on this show again. Right. And my response was be on the show again. And I said, this is the first time in two years I've been on the show. You'd think you'd have a guy who made you a few hundred thousand dollars on the show. It was a joke, Noam. You know, the problem with this show is, you know why this show, this show should be one of the top five podcasts. Here's why it's not. Because A, it's not a straight comedy show. It's called the Comedy Seller Show, but it's not straight comedy. And Noam, you don't need the show financially. You're, it's wonderful how successful you are. The show's not important to your well-being. I feel bad for Dan. You should have two different podcasts. You should handle a political roundtable show, and Dan should have this show, because this show could help Dan's career exponentially. He could be touring in theaters if you did the show as a comedy show, which is what the brand dictates. You would be a great host of something like the McLaughlin Group. That would be phenomenal for you. So be, and I've told you that before. You'd okay, be the so best at that. Okay, stop, so for a couple of things. First of all, top, what, which one of these shows will be top five? Dan's show or my political show? Dan's comedy seller show would be top five. I what think your show would be for? top 10 in the Dan? political world. Dan, Dan's not under exclusive contract. He'd have his own podcast. If, he can be, if, he, if Dan's capable of doing a top five show, what does he need me for? I think the comedy seller brand carries a lot of weight. And by the way, that's part of the reason why we sold the TV show uh, is because the comedy seller name. That TV show could have worked in any club. The two of you are like an old fucking married couple. This is what happened. He got annoyed because of the money thing. Okay. He didn't think that that was appropriate to bring up in public. And you got upset because of the other things that he said. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury at home, I will, I, this is my, I submit the following. Now, when he was upset about me stopping, uh, giving him shit about the text messaging. No, after that I'm talking about. Well, but I'm saying when he was upset, Nicole, I'm interested in your opinion. When he was upset about it, the first thing that came to his mind in terms of his comeback is an insight into his Psychology. It is. It is. It is the first thing that came to the first thing that came to his mind was how much fucking money I made because he introduced me to that show. There no, are, there are no. there are ten it years of experiences it, he could have gone to. He could have talked no. about the time he tried to take my nanny by having sex with her. He could have. Could have, <laughs> could have Wait a second! Whoa, whoa, whoa! The time he, he tried you to set me up with your nanny. He could, about, he could have talked about all the creepy things he did instead. What creepy you set me up with your nanny? You're spinning the truth. The first thing he talked about was how much money I made. No, from it was now, an now, ad lib. Tell me that that's not an insight into a real. Wait resentment. a second. Hold on. Now let me state my my defense to that. See again, I'm fucking defending myself. Every time I come on here, it's now I'm pulling some horseshit. Listen to me. 
It was an ad lib that you laughed at hysterically. It was an ad lib on a show. I am the best host you have at the Comedy Cellar. Arguably one of maybe the best, whatever. Every comic wants me to host their show and I do it out on the road, whatever. And it was an ad lib during a show. I improvise all the time and you laughed hysterically. And I think the other two, Periel and I don't know if Dan did, they laughed as well. No, I don't give a shit how much money you made. I'm content with how much I made. But you know what troubles me is from day one of the show, you always try to discredit. And that, that's what you should go to therapy for. <laughs> what is it about yourself that doesn't want you to have other people to have any credit? I mean, you, it's, like, it's kind of laughable. It's bizarre. Puzzling. Puzzling. Well, uh, well, can I bring up something that that, no, that Noam said um, uh, we had talked briefly about before you came on, Ray, is that you, you introduced Noam to this guy from Ish, and I had mentioned that it was about two years between that introduction and the show getting on the air, and that I said that you did a lot to keep the ball in the air. Is that correct? correct. So thousand what, percent what correct. did you do to keep things going during that time? There was a lot of conversations I had with the production. And by the way, it's not just an intro introduction. Sounds like I just said, hi, uh, hi guys. Why don't you go chat? All the best. That's an introduction. I had a relationship with a company and I thought this was a good fit. And I, lo I love the idea of the show. And as time kept going on, people lose interest. Noam gets distractions with whatever he has. He's running another business. Those guys have other projects. And you can look at the, there's, there's, I mean, there's probably 150 emails to keep everything moving, forward motion, forward motion, to keep the conversation alive, to keep the project alive. And then I produced the sizzle reel, which was an integral part of selling the show. It's like, we sit in an office from 2 p.m. to 6 a.m. We sit in the cellar when we're taping for six, seven, eight hours. It's like endless amount of time. It's kind of hilarious that years later, I mean, the second we got into production, all of this was apparent. I don't know why on earth I'm even having this conversation. I'm really doing this as a favor to Periel because I didn't don't really want to- a favor to me. I don't even know- last minute. No, no, no. Don't do it as a favor to me. This is silly. Because you know why? Because but when you have- we don't even to need to be talking about this. We can move on. We but when you have to defend yourself- you don't. From, from, from your- No, you do though. Because if someone's saying basically, you don't deserve this or that, or you didn't do this or do that, you're suddenly defending yourself. I have five other shows in production and a club in Aruba. I don't think about this. It's because it came up- with, right, with, but I with think no. things got a little bit twisted and heated on the air and you weren't here for the beginning part of the show and Noam said that he loves you and that he, you know, I just think... It's, it's, it's a familial sort of love that, 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 that is, uh, encompasses frustration at times, exasperation, uh, much like you might have with a family member, but the love is there. Uh, Noam, do you have anything further to say? I think, I mean, I think everybody said their piece and we can let the listeners decide for themselves if, if Ray Allen's role in getting the show on the air was substantial or insubstantial. I believe it was substantial. I don't think and that's no, no, the by question. And by the way, nobody doubts, Ray, that once the show got on the air, you worked very hard. That That's not, not in dispute. But I don't even think that's part, It's the, I don't think any of that's in dispute. Well, of course it's in dispute. That was the whole subject of the dispute. No, they yeah. got, they got. The whole subject of the dispute was what was Ray Allen's role in getting the show on the air. Once the show was on the air, Ray, I can tell you that Noam acknowledges that you worked very hard. And that you earned whatever money they paid you. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't Wait. think that's what this whole thing was about. Of course was it was the whole thing was about. 
In any case, no, you know, you're, you're on your phone. I don't know if I'm you're trying ever- to find the emails for things. So, so I don't remember Ray producing the sizzle reel, but uh, I, I remember Michael producing the sizzle reel. No, no, Michael actually said, Ray, you produced the sizzle reel. What does produce sizzle reel mean? I can't give you an explanation. I can't explain to you what it means to produce something because if you don't know that, then you should take zero credit for this TV show. That's not an answer. What does it mean? It if means I my, if I tell it, my daughter what you did. Okay, you would say to her, "He he got the right comics to participate to agree to participate in the shoot and actually participate in the shoot. He worked with Ish." on how to shoot the show, on how the look of the show. No, I don't All the elements that go into it, that's what, uh, and there's different types of There's also producers that write a check. I remember asking Andrew Schultz to do it. I, I asked Andrew Schultz. That's one, that's one I, guy. I think a lot of yeah, 12 guys in was, was just, because no, you tend, he was to, the main guy we used, you, you tend to sometimes you'll, 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 you'll start a project and then you have so much going on that you don't pay attention. So there was two years in between the initial introduction and the show getting on was, the air. Uh, that had, on the air, yeah, it, takes, it was a year from the time. And we, it had to keep Comedy Central interested and involved. No, I think it was about a year from the time we pitched it to a time they came back. We had a bunch of pitch meetings that they came because back. Because they didn't immediately come back with an offer, right? So it took. Yeah, they did. They did pretty quickly. Right after after the film, then it took a long time to get. You it pitched it to about eight, eight different they, they, they networks. Kicked it back a season, I think, from the time that they first said they were going to do it. Uh, yeah, we got we got an answer pretty quickly uh, from Comedy Central, but then we were also waiting for like, I forget who, uh, um, who was the other network that we thought maybe we'd do it? TBS, I think it was. You talked to the the main the three finalists were like TBS, Comedy Central, and HBO. When we say three finalists, we mean the three, they were they were our finalists. We only had one offer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this show the three that expressed some interest, I should the say. The show was amazing. Like everybody seemed to have like a very good experience. So so what are you guys actually fucking arguing about? Ray is resentful. Well, no, uh, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I, I don't like what was said after I left the studio. I mean, that's, okay. that, that's chumpish. So, so that's really what it was. Well, no, you no, upset not- at something that he said to you during the show, and he was upset at what you said after. The I'm show. sorry for that. I was, I was just, I was just trying to, t- you know, mess with you. Well, well you, you were starting to have a psychological analysis with Paul Bloom. It sounded like I, I do think. I mean, I'm to be very honest. I do think that you have um, resentments towards. Not me. Resentment towards. I, I only resent you when you say bullshit about me. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just very honest. It doesn't mean doesn't make me right. I. Think I resent I'm, no one else's success. I am. I, I, I. How many times have I, Dan, have I talked to you on just regular private calls where I go, it is unbelievable what X, Y, and Z are doing. They are killing it with their podcast. Well, Ray is always very supportive. Theaters. Goes to the Tonight Show tapings with people. I know he's been very supportive of. Mike Vecchione and uh, Ricky Lopez and so forth. Chris Stefano, Jared Fried, Schultz. I mean, all these guys. It's amazing what these guys are doing. It's phenomenal. I'm, you know? I'm not. I'm not. I know, I'm not saying that that's not true. I, I'm going to grant you that. I think that that is true. But there are there are other. Both things can be true at the same time. You you've told me other stories in the past of of of, of ways that you were involved in in the domino dominoes that fell in terms of somebody's career and you were resentful that they didn't credit you enough for the fact that you helped them in this way or that way. I gotta be honest with you, I, I truly don't know who, who you're referring to. I really don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know what you're talking about or who you're referring to. You're talking about a conversation we had sitting 
in Aruba. No, no, other conversations we've had. Certain, certain comedians who, whatever. Um, that's that's what I think. But you know that that. Want to text me the name of the comedian? Then I can read it and I can I see if I can remember the story. Part, part so you're telling part. me you don't even remember, and you're you're making it sound like. I'm bad mouthing all of my colleagues, and you don't even remember who the fuck we're talking about. No, not That's bad not mouthing. cool, man. Not bad mouthing. You were just feeling that. I just think that you. You're gonna be confused it. with Dan. That could be. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's happening here. You're gonna be confused with Daniel Matterman. Daniel Elliott Matterman. I see how he does that. Well. Um... <laughs> all right. Anyway. I'm, I'm, I appreciate your help in the TV show, Ray. And, and you're, and you're right. It was, and, and I think this, this also bugged him. I think, I think he didn't feel that I was sufficiently interested in the show in some way that I didn't, that I didn't take as sufficient um, interest in it in some way, because it's true. Like early on in the show, it didn't, it wasn't, it, it, it got separated from what I wanted the show to be. And I was frustrated with with the product, so I just kind of detached myself from it because I realized that they were going to do what they wanted to do, and I wasn't going to be able to have much of an impact on it. I just want to crack my head open uh, uh, in frustration, so I just kind of separated from the whole thing. I sent, I started sending Liz, and I think that you know, but I, but I was still getting the money. Well, I remember that season one was definitely. I think you found that far more frustrating than subsequent seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and because, excuse me, because, um, yeah, for that reason, I mean, you know, look, you also, again, like you say, you have other, you have other stuff going on. I mean, it's. No, but know, I'm not even saying their, their, their vision of the show was better or worse than mine. My, my vision of the show could have crashed and burned, but I'm just saying like, I wasn't getting any satisfaction out of it. I wasn't getting any artistic satisfaction. Like initially I thought. I was going to be involved in the editing. And I, like, I thought I was really going to be, I thought by creating a show and owning the club and owning the show and everything, I was going to have some say in it. And I realized the hard way that actually I had zero say in it. So I was like, all right, I get it. You know, I'm not the one, I'm not the one putting up all the money here. They're putting up the money. They get to decide. And I was like grown up about it. I was like, okay, you know, go ahead, do it, do the show. Well, my experience with the show, as long as we're talking about our experiences with the show, was wholly negative, except for the, <laughs> except for the paycheck, which I very much appreciated, and I was able to get um, healthcare for a couple of years out of SAG. But uh, I was I was very very uh, anxious every time I did the show because I get anxious when I do new material, and they're filming me, and they never use my jokes. The first season they used my jokes because no one went to bat for me, and said this joke kill. Why aren't you using this joke? And so they said, okay, fine, we'll put it in. And then when Noam stopped going to bat for me, I didn't get any jokes. Because Ray was stabbing you in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I actually, <laughs> there, I didn't get there's any a jokes joke on in the second season. They had there's their favorites a... and they had their criteria uh, for selecting jokes, not all of which had to do with the jokes that killed the hardest. But in any case, Comedy Central doesn't show me any love. Well, there was a joke, Dan, that you did. I don't remember what it was. Arguably, one of the best jokes in the entire series of all three seasons. It had to do with it was like a like a a job about like master a joke about masturbation, whatever. And I remember I was sitting in the edit room. It was about well, one in the did morning. Get on, I think that that, that did get on. Yes. So they wanted to cut the joke, and I said, "This is an unbelievable joke." And the guy goes, "I don't know." I go, "Hold on a second. And I yelled to a guy down the hall who was working on a different show in the edit in the editing bay. And I had him come in and he comes in, he goes, oh, my God, that's hysterical. And the guy goes, all right, we'll keep the the guy who I was debating with. He goes, all right, I'll keep the first half of the joke. I go, what? And then the guy who I pulled in goes, 
The second half of the joke is even funnier than the first. So you I had to call in strangers. When I say, when I talk about masturbating in front of women. Yeah. And I said, the only time I masturbate in front of women is when they start blowing me. And I'm like, give me that. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's my, uh, give me that. It's, it's an amazing <laughs> joke. So, you know, you, you start to lose your mind. You're sitting there at one, two in the morning and you're having arguments with people over stuff that, you know, in this case, I know is unbelievably funny. And you have to bring in people from down the hall who don't even work on the show to validate your argument. You, your head's going to explode. It was a lot. It was look. It was a great experience. And I, I think if COVID didn't happen, we probably would have had a fourth season. But everything happens for a reason, you know. If I'm working on other stuff now, and and the club is successful, and blah blah blah. And but you know, it was it's a lot of fucking work and long hours and a great experience and nice money and. So, you know, it was all a good, it was all a great experience. Another matter, Ray, have the cops made any progress finding out who came into your house and spray painted the walls or? (laughs) We have several suspects (laughs) and, uh, and hopefully they will apprehend somebody soon. Um, Do that artwork? Yeah, me and this buddy, during the pandemic, we're losing our minds. And so there, we have a friend named James Goldcrown. James Goldcrown is a so, very before, successful- Before he tells him, he's telling people because not everybody watches on YouTube. So Ray's sitting in, a, if you looked at his apartment, he's got like spray painted hearts and red, blue, and green. It, it literally looks like uh, a subway station art. Um, mm. on, go ahead. Well, if you Google love wall, James Goldcrown. You will see the original Love Wall. It's hard, hundreds and hundreds of hearts spray painted on a wall in in downtown New York City. And this guy, James Goldcrown, but I've known him about maybe 10, 12 years. He has turned this into a unbelievably like a Keith Haring-esque franchise. And he does these hearts all over the world for companies. He has a deal now with Skechers and with Sephora. And it's amazing. I, that's a guy I am so happy for because he was selling his art out of an ice cream truck at one point. And what did you so, do to facilitate his success? <laughs> uh, just nothing. I bought one piece of art. So so he goes, uh, so so we're talking once. And I said, uh, I said, I go, man, those hearts are amazing. And my other friend goes, yeah, we can do them on your wall if you want. Not James, but our other buddy. So during the pandemic, I got my spray paint on your wall, right? What's that? My daughter got that on your wall. So we start spray painting it. And then I didn't realize how toxic the smell is. So, and I sleep in this room. So it was a foolish move on my part, but James got a big kick out of it because he thought I was an imbecile for even attempting to do it. And, uh, and I suggest uh, everybody look up James Goldcrown and buy some of his work. Okay, listen, his work may be good, but let's, let's just be honest. There is nothing about that I mean, literally, if my wife came home and found that on my wall, she one of the, she would have assumed the kids did it and they'd be punished. Like she, like <laughs> if I said, "No, no, honey, I just paid ten grand for that. What are you doing?" Like, like this. You know what? It was it was a very very long pandemic. We were I was running out of things to do. And if your nanny that you set me up with and I dated for six months, if she saw this wall, she probably would have loved it. I want to hear that story. I, hold on. I don't think it's bad. I, I I don't think it's bad actually. To be clear, it's. It, it's cute. It's nice. I'm just saying that there's, yeah, you can see it. There's just nothing about it, which like Ava, my stepmother, Ava, she does beautiful drawings and paintings. I mean, they're, yeah. like, they're high, highly skilled. She's a brilliant artist. Yeah. This is, this is, this is I mean, not this is just, you know, but it's graffiti. Saying anybody could have done it. No, I mean, you but, but like, like really, really anybody could have done it. No, but I never, I never made the claim that it was good. It's just on my wall. It's cute. 
You don't think I anybody like, could have done that? I mean, it's like saying anybody could do like Jackson Pollock. Like, I mean, this guy's made a career out of making. Well, but that, that's not the guy. That's not the guy. That's me doing a knockoff of it. It's okay. a knockoff of it. Yeah. The guy's actual work. Yeah. The guy's actual work is amazing. Okay. James I mean, there, there's two elements to art. There's the the skill in creating the art, and then there's the vision. So sometimes an art can look simplistic, and maybe it is in terms of anybody could recreate it, but could somebody think of it? Agreed. So, so okay, I'm looking at Jackson Pollock here. No, no, no. This is this is not like Jackson Pollock. No. Look at James. Look at James Goldcrown. James Goldcrown. A lot of people. Like Mark Rothko looks like somebody, something anybody could do. I mean, no. Mark Rothko, actually, I don't really get. No. I don't Rothko, I don't get why Rothko, that's good. Rothko's amazing. I want to hear about the nanny. What? No, that's a no. whole thing. Well, no, 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 no. You are not authorized to dictate topics. I'm sorry. We've been through this. I didn't Wait a second. Dan. He brought it up. Dan, Ray, I don't mind. Ray, it's fine we with we me. Brought our nanny, we brought our nanny to a room. Ray had a relationship with Noam's nanny. There's nothing. And Dan nanny. said, I mean, sorry, Noam said to me, uh, you know, I think you and my nanny would get along really well, blah, 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 whatever. They came to Aruba. We got together. Uh, we dated for like six months. In fact, at one point, Noam was saying to me, there's a house for sale right over there. Like, you know, you, and I, within uh, eyesight of of, uh, of Noam's house. And I think Noam had in his head that I was going to like move in with a nanny in this other house and she could like be with the kids till they were like, you know, 10 years old or whatever. And, and like me and this nanny, we're going to live happily ever after and be Noam's neighbors and so on and so forth. Am I incorrect with that, Noam? Slightly. <laughs> anyway, we we broke and up and she, no, she kind of disappeared. She just vanished. Like she disappeared from everyone's lives. Yeah. Poof. All right. I think I think we're out of time here. Well, if you want to briefly discuss um, that woman that urinated on a fan on stage, we could do so. If not, we can end. Did you guys talk about the woman that walked on stage during that guy's set? What, what, uh, no, there's, there's a woman who walked on stage. She looked a little intoxicated, a white woman who walked on stage during, I believe his name was Affian Crockett set. You guys didn't see that? You're, maybe you're going to talk about the next next episode. It's fascinating. Yeah. A lot of people can't believe she did it. What a Karen, blah, blah, blah. Comedian that, that was a woman walked on stage during a comedian set in the middle of, I don't know, Ohio or somewhere like that. Um, and I, to me, she's just some drunk dum-dum. I, I've seen people walk on stage and break a chair over a comedian's head. I've seen people throw a drink in people's comedians' well, faces. Right. I mean, what did she do? What's the point of the story? Well, it was like it's all it's all on Twitter. Everyone's talking about. It. I look at this entitled, privileged person, and and you know, look at she's a Karen and so on and so forth. I just thought she was a drunk. Well, we'll person. have to investigate that. Yeah, take a look. A fan, electric, but, but, an electric but, fan. Somebody, <laughs> somebody peed. This woman, uh, you are Nicole. You must be. Uh, you're you're abreast of, uh, the, you know, the, the the new music. That's what I thought he meant. No, I meant. How does a woman I, pee on a fan? Pee, a woman what? peed on a person that was at the show. This was. But how does a woman pee? They can't. Uh, a, a she woman, they her, sitting down. She how? pulled her pants all the way down to her knees. This is uh, Sophia. Oddly named, oddly named Eurista sounds odd. <laughs> I mean, that's a really odd name. And for somebody it. lied down under her. She said during it's on video. You can watch the video. She said, "I got to pee and I can't make it to the bathroom. We might as well." Um, what did it say? I got to pee and I can't make it to the bathroom, so we might as well make a show out of it. A fan volunteered to get on stage, lie down on the stage, and this woman, um, Sophia Eurista, who was on The Voice, by the way, like our dear friend Amanda Brown and Sasha Allen and Sasha Allen. 
she and dropped sisters on now go ahead who sister amanda samara she dropped trout all the way to her knees and urinate and it was a veritable um water i mean this was like niagara falls it was a lot of pee it was a monstrous amount of pee and when what club pee, is it's it? not like an elegant stream like a man you know how it is so um <laughs> it was it, where was it, this dan it's you can see it on video it was unbelievable and then she tweeted that she went too far. You know, about four hours ago, my mother brought this up. We were talking. She goes, did you hear about this? She she took down her pants and urinated. This is an outrage. Four hours ago, my mother mentioned this to me. Well, if, if, if Brown's mother's heard about it, obviously it's big news. It's going beyond just the circle of yeah. fans. Brass Against is the name of the band. Nicole, do you know anything about this band, Brass Against? No, I saw a picture of this, but I don't know anything about it. Did you, did you see the video? No. I gotta tell you, I'm not I'm not qualified to do this podcast anymore because I've been so into music lately. I don't watch the news. I barely do anything. This is a music political story. podcast. Do a political podcast. I'm not that interested in politics anymore. And this um, is a music story. We had a we had a woman in the altar night. She says, she says, "Oh my god, I I, I listen to your podcast all the time." And I I came down to see her. I'm not sure she said she came down to see or she was at the cellar and she came up. Anyway, she's like, "I hear you talking about your band," and she was like, "Oh my god, you guys are so great." And that meant more to me than anything else. Hand okay, and then, then hand the reins of this show to Dan and Perriano. Um, well, <laughs> am I for it or against it? I don't know. I mean, it's an, it's an outrageous story. But if the fan was happy, and uh, I'm sure that I'm sure they probably violated the public health codes. I mean, the clothes. And, and it's indecent exposure. I think she might be brought up on charges for indecent exposure. Really? I, I think so. Does or, that even exist anymore? Indecent exposure? I think so. Yeah. Anyway, I think that um, it is somewhat reminiscent of my scheme that I came up with years ago, half jokingly, half maybe half seriously about taking a dump on Letterman's stage in order to get uh, attention. Um, do you recall that? No. Yes, I recall that very well. Dan, I, I do remember you understood the the the. I just think going to the bathroom is something you should just do yourself. I didn't want to watch my wife pee. It's like, it's just- People love urine. Keep it to yourself. Oh my God. People enjoy urine. It's one of the- Gandhi drank urine, right? I don't know if he drank it. I don't know what he did, but it's a huge fetish. People are into golden showers. Golden showers, yeah. I I don't get that. Has anybody on this podcast ever done that? What's that? He can't hear. I mean, he's trying to talk. Has anyone on this podcast ever participated in no, such a no, thing? No, but I will cop, pod, uh, cop to asking young ladies for tinkle videos. Oh, my. You have? God. Yeah, Damn. like a woman that I was involved with where she's uh. sending me naughty things. I was like, you know, here's something you might want to send me if it's not too much of an effort. Now, what do you want? Uh. You want to see the pee coming out? Or you just want the sound effect of her sitting on the toilet? What do you want? I think both. I think both, yeah. I think both. You know, this is a topic for Dan's therapist. No, because this is perfectly within the realm of normal sexuality. It's a very common fetish. And yeah. I don't know that I'd want to be peed on, but better to be peed on than to be peed off. Now, does the any, other way around. Does any woman have a fetish about watching a man pee? I think people I had a girl once reference holding it holding it while while I pee, but we never did it. People do like to be urinated on. That is a thing. Or just to watch it. I mean, it's a very, if you, if well, you yeah. plug it into, uh, you know, uh, uh, Google, you'll find that. Um, you know, on a, on a hot a hot summer's day and you got to cool off, you, you got to do what you got to well, do. It's, it's not that cool, but. Um, mm. But can, Noam doesn't you, get it. You know, Noam. Can you, Noam can you put piss in like a, a humidifier? You know, you fill up a humidifier with water and it, 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 it aerosol, aeros, aeros, aerosol. Well, if it's it? not coming out of a vagina, what's the point? 
I think I smell a new viral video. It doesn't come out of a vagina exactly, does it? Well, whatever it comes out of. I mean, yeah, it's not the same hole. You're, you're correct. You're correct. It's not the same hole. It's not the same hole. And I, I didn't pick that topic. I resent that. What, what, what's he up? brought it up. He brought it up. Brought I, up. You said you're not allowed to pick topics. I didn't bring up yeah, that no, no, topic. You, 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 you were. In other words, you tried to steer it. He brought it up, but then no, you tried to make it the main focus of the. Now of the, poop is a fetish too. I understand. And, uh, you, and you think that's normal? Also, that's disgusting. <laughs> People are out of their minds. No, no, no. I actually wrote about this extensively in my first book. I had a very good friend. The one you want to let my children read? Go ahead. The one that I will not let your children oh, okay, read. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. He was, he's a very accomplished musician, this guy, and he used to, he's gay, and he used to get hired by wealthy older men, and one of them asked him to defecate in his mouth. Ugh. And he used to pay him hundreds of dollars. Now, here's the- Hundreds? Hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of dollars to come over and shit in somebody's mouth. Would you do that for hundreds of dollars? No, I wouldn't. That sounds like a thousands of dollars. Thousands of ten. Now this was like twenty years ago, but here's the twist. Oh, inflation. Here's the twist. The guy was a vegetarian, and so he always told my friend not to eat meat first. I swear to God, that's a true story. You know, uh, McAfee. There's a documentary about was his name John McAfee, I think. Uh, I believe when he was. But he was off, guy? Yeah, and he was off living, I think, in Belize. And there's like three women in the documentary always like, he liked to lay in a hammock and they would lay, I'm sorry, he would lay underneath a hammock, they would get in the hammock and he would have the women poop on him. Yeah. Disgusting. No, would you do that? Would you ever let somebody poop on you? Why are you asking a ridiculous question? You know, he-, he... I don't know, maybe <laughs> in your youth, in your wild days. What's the price? What's going through my head now is is, is much is much like is, is like in my wild days. So that's like a wild thing. Is um just the the science of it all, like <laughs> corporophilia, I think it's called. Yeah, it's coprophilia. Like it, it exists in nature. Yeah, you're born with it, right? Probably you can't help it, but we don't respect it. <laughs> <laughs> we pick and choose what it is that somebody has a compulsion to do, like. Like, I mean, I'm not getting it, but like, you know, like certain people have other compulsions, like, how dare you judge somebody? Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Somebody wants to pull, like, what is the matter with you? What are you, are you sick? <laughs> like, like it's, it's the last, it's the last, like, readout. It's the last, it's the last kind of thing that we'll all agree on is like, this person needs help. Like, well, no, no, it's, it's look. In, everything else got to come out of the, is it DSM, is it called? Every oh. other thing has got to come out of the DSM. But wanted to get pooped on <laughs> the DSM, and then there's gonna be a pamphlet with one thing in there. No, like, I, I think poop. most people. I think most people are in accord that anything between two consenting adults is okay. That's I, I believe most people's position. They might find it odd or weird. Okay, I want to get therapy. I, I want to get pooped. Well, you don't need therapy for that. You should be proud of that. You know, you should. No, pooping how, is gross. Come on, it's like. Well, we shouldn't. We shouldn't be. It's like proud of it, but but I don't think people would say that it's he's so he's so brave. He he came out publicly and told people he wants to get pooped on. He's so brave. I'm just saying, well, I, I guess what I'm really saying is now that made me think about it is who are you to segregate out being pooped on? Well, the point not, is that we're, we're at the point now where any where we're supposed to anything that people feel the urge to do, we presume is like that's the way it is and we should respect it and we well, shouldn't call I, it gross. I'm not I'm not separating yeah. it out. I did call it gross. I will you're right about that. Yeah. But but I don't I don't can morally condemn anybody that's into it. I don't either. I don't, you know I'm, I don't. I'm on the fence. 
I say, live free and poop. Hold on, hold on. Where it does get dicey is um, is uh, pe pedophiles. Well, but you're not dealing with consenting adults. That's not right, what's dicey about that. The urge, the urge is the urge. It, you have to fight it with everything you have and not and not give into it. But I cannot condemn the urge. Yeah, I mean, you, pe people who are who, people who feel that urge feel that urge. They can't help it. But they can help so, acting on it. Maybe they can't. But we have. I guess what I'm saying is that we have. Of course, we have. Well, that's we have why to, they should be put onto a fucking desert island and be castrated. We have to protect ourselves from them, no doubt. Just like we'd have to protect ourselves. from I mean, at a certain point, it's like who gives a shit what the reason but we is? Well, we judge them with a moral. I don't know haughtiness. I guess is haughtiness. <laughs> I mean that that is that that is probably not fair in some way. In a sense that we we judge them in a sense that like you know how dare they feel this way? You're sick if you feel this way. You and are they, sick if you feel that way. I don't know that that's haughty. I mean, wanting to well, have sex with prepubescent children is a fucking mental disease. Well, and you need to be you, segregated you, you, out of society. You made my point better than anybody else could. My point is that how do you just how do you we've come to defining mental disease in terms of the things that we don't approve of. No, but no. I don't think that I don't think that the definition of disease, which means an abnormality in some way, really lines up with that. Like if no, you if you, that's if you want, not what I'm if saying. You, if you want to cut off your penis. There's, you know, like that is that is a serious. That's that's an urge. No, 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 no. It's no. an urge. Stop. I'm just saying that like, the urge for a mutilation. No. First of all, the language that you're using is a inflammatory, and b it's not accurate. And also, Was it doing a, something to you your said mental disease. I I'm talking about if doing something to an innocent child is different than a doing something to yourself or consenting adults. So you think it's a disease to want to do something to a child? Yes. Take but advantage of a prepubescent child is you need to be segregated out of fucking see, of course, society. Of course you do, but what then, then define disease to me. I mean, I guess in the same way that like serial killers have a mental disease, you can't control yourself and you're going to harm somebody innocent. What about harm yourself? Um, I would say that like what, like cutting yourself, like self people who cutting harm yourself, cutting off your genitals. But see, see, when you say cutting off your genitals, though, that's quite inflammatory because well, this is, it's, see, it's I, loaded I, language. Right. I had this conversation with somebody today about um, exactly this point. And I, and I and I think that the best definition of wokeness is that it's a way to take conversations off the table. In other words, this is nine out, of, nine out of 10 people I'm having this conversation and really I'm grappling with it. I'm trying to understand it. I'm really trying to put these concepts in a in a in an actual rigorous framework. But when you say it's inflammatory language, I mean, first of all, you 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 make me look bad. I don't I don't know. I have no answer to that. How can how can I? I mean, I'm it's not like, trying to so, make so, you look so, bad. Uh, what, 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 what it's a way of is cordoning off a conversation no, I, that's not what well I'm then how can i talk about what it is i want to talk about without you get, without can i get a better answer to well, this? because it's can, like, I, can you answer the substance of what i'm saying tell me listen i will phrase it 
in whatever language you can okay, give me that's wait. not inflammatory. Okay, let me try if to- you, If you agree that we can actually talk about it. Yeah, of course we so can how, talk about it. So how do I say it? But wait I- a second. Let me just explain what I'm saying because I don't, I'm not trying to attack you. So- I don't think you are. I'm saying- it's, I'm, I'm not I'm trying to take anything. I'm saying wokeness is a way of- putting a police rope no. around a conversation, make it almost impossible to get no, in to talk about it. that's not what I'm doing. I'm saying it's like, if you want to have a conversation with about abortion, don't start the conversation by saying it's killing a baby. What because- is inflammatory about saying, I asked you, how about hurting yourself? You say, well, like, you mean like, I said, like, like, like cutting off your genitals. That's not hurting yourself. Well, no, because I mean, because we have other language it's now. Some, it's something you can't even, couldn't even have done Look, Pro- more recently, in than terms of in terms of you would have you would have bled out to death. Look, uh, we had we didn't even have the technology for for hundreds of thousands of years. Well, this wasn't no, even an no, option no, no, for the humans that, to do. That's not, Let that's me just jump true. in here that's briefly and summarize this, if I may. And I think we should wrap it up and put a, a bow on. I put this. a bandage on it. Uh, but uh, but um, <laughs> Noam's absolutely right. There, there's little difference in terms of one compulsion versus another. Um, both are things that that you cannot help but feel. But at, at the way the way a disease is generally defined is something that uh, ru- that that interferes with your quality of life. Something needs to be treated. So, well, um, I'll look, shall I look up disease? Often it's defined as something that interferes with the quality of life. Now, if having a compulsion to have sex with kids will interfere with your quality of life because you cannot act on it. And if you do act on it, you're harming people. <laughs> so that's defined as a disease. How read the definition? Uh, it, uh, disease is a particular abnormal abnormal condition that negatively affects the structure or function of all or part of an organism. All right. Roughly what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roughly what I, I wasn't contradicting. I just just yeah. so they they basically define it as if it interferes with your life, and that's how that's how now you can define it any way you like and any way you slice it, but that's how generally it's defined. So if you're if you're transgender and it can be it's not a it's not a disease if it can be properly treated and doesn't interfere with your quality of life. I guess um, I don't think it's a disease. I don't. I, what I'm saying is none of this stuff is is. I mean, the word. I think the disease is not help. The, the word disease is not helpful here. All I'm really saying is that we're not learning the lesson that we should have taken from the acceptance of transgender, which is that we need to understand that people don't have a choice in how they feel, and judging them for what they feel is probably not a fair thing to do, including even people who feel urges towards children. You, it's like judging them is like, what are you gonna do? Like, they can't help it. Keep them away from your fucking kids. Uh, well, but, you know, no, no, God forbid something like that ever happened with one of your kids. I mean, what, do you think you'd still be saying the same thing? I, I don't know if I would, I, but I, that does, that's not a, that's not a, um, I mean, it's, it's like they asked Mike, Michael Dukakis if his if his wife if his wife was raped and killed, would he still be against the death penalty? You know, it's like maybe he wouldn't be, but that doesn't mean that's not an argument against the death penalty. I'd, you know I'd, what? I'd, Your I'd, analogy. I'd, if somebody molested my child, I would want them dead. God forbid. I would want them dead. Right. Now, your Michael Dukakis analogy brings me back to the point: you should be hosting a McLaughlin Group type of show. Right. Anyway. I just want to point out that Noam was was making a distinction between the feeling and acting on the feeling. Acting on the feeling is a crime that must be punished. 
in the strictest possible way. But the feeling itself, he's arguing, should not be morally condemned. It's something somebody somebody uh, cannot help. Well, Listen, if if my, my urge towards females or Ray Ellen's urge towards females is uncontrollable. So if I was born, <laughs> if I was born in a society where I would have been punished for satisfying that urge, I probably would would have taken the chance of getting caught and 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 done it, right? Like well they have medical castration for pedophiles. I mean that's what they do to oh I mean I think well, that the state the state would do that. Yeah nobody's yeah. gonna volunteer for that. No sh- well actually you'd be surprised. I do think that there have been a couple of cases where people have volunteered. Oh, maybe so maybe so they can maybe. no longer get an erection and so they can't um, you know, sexually abused kids. You can sexually abuse without getting an erection, but you probably don't have the urge. You don't have the. You say that like you sound like you're saying that with um. Well, you can do everything. Some insight. Me, you can do everything without an erection. Believe me. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, why don't we um, end things up there if we can? Is uh, Ray? Do you have any uh, anything to say? Would you like to uh, plug your uh, your comedy cloud company? Yes. If yeah, anybody needs, what started off the whole thing last time. We actually, uh, we have three new bookings for that just happened today. If you want to do uh, a private event on Zoom, a private comedy event on Zoom for your company, for a, a Friendsgiving, a uh, whatever holiday event, comedycloud.co. We've done over 140 of these the past year and a half. It's an outstanding way to connect people, comedycloud.co. And if you're going to be in Aruba, December, January, February, March, arubacomedy.com come to a show Dan Adam will be there December 19th to January 8th Prairie L you might be coming down to Aruba I might be you know what it is if you watch the Michael Jackson documentary wait how do we get in the bed or if you watch um, or we just read you know read about the 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 the, the priests who covered for the other priests who were molesting children I come away in those examples with much more anger towards the people who uh, facilitated it, and what's the word when you when you uh, perpetuate? I think the word is end the show. No, anyway, so like 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 the priests who who couldn't resist children, yeah, they have their that that their that's their their compulsion. That's their compulsion, right? Uh, but the priests who covered for them, what's their excuse? Like the people, Michael Jackson had his his craziness, right, or or whatever. But the people, the whole organization around him, the people who covered for him. These, that's the moral. That, well, that's, maybe they had a compulsion to cover for them. Greed. <laughs> well, that, that's about greed, I think. Well, they same didn't. thing with Weinstein. Unfortunately, right? at the end of the day, there's no free will and moral responsibility. Enablers, that's the word. Moral, Enablers. moral responsibility. Yeah. Look is, at Jerry uh, Sandusky. What's that? Jerry Sandusky anyway, from Penn State. I was trying to end things here, Aruba Ray. Oh, just because you were doesn't mean we have to. Well, you said like 20 minutes ago, okay, I guess we're done. Well, I don't know because we-, we, we And then we, we linger. We had so much downtime. I don't know how long the show wound up being. Yeah, believe me, we got plenty. We got plenty. All right, so- and, We got and, more and, than and plenty. And to be very clear, I, just on the, the thing, because Dan wasn't wrong, I was not alluding to- it. I was not alluding negatively to, to homosexuality or transgender, anything like that. I was, I was, I was really just trying to say that. Well, you were making the analogy that 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 we 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 pray that we uh, say you're brave if you have one one kind of desire, yeah. and you're disgusting if you have another kind of desire. But but I I don't I yeah. But I wasn't trying to say that the previous desire was disgusting. Right. I was you're trying, just trying, I was to trying to say there was an inconsistency. I was trying to point a line. You were trying to, like, to say whether you're gay or you like to be shit on. Either way, 
be proud. I was trying to make the point, like, Perry, you're, you're like, you're so like, when somebody's transgender, they're so brave. And they're like, yeah, someone else who has another urge, like, you're disgusting. Like, well, well, how do you pick which one is brave and which one is disgusting? Like you, you like- I mean, pretty easily, it's, frankly. I would think it's brave for anybody to go public with something about themselves that they know will be uh, look well look that, a, scan, that, a scan set right that, that's brave that fan that got not only not not only did he say it with words but he said it with action he said i like urine on my face and body and not only am i going to say it loud and clear but i'm going to do it on stage in front of thousands of people i don't know who that guy's name is but he he, he is a very brave man he's indeed. so brave uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my book, Iris Spiro, Before COVID, is available at Amazon. I don't know why you haven't done the audio book yet, Dan. Well, That's a dumb thing. Perhaps so. Perhaps yeah. so. But but in any case... Um, Nicole can record it for you. Okay, we got to go. Bye, everybody. Wait, wait, no, wait. Uh, you said you wanted to end. Yes, but <laughs> we have to end with proper... With a pro- in a proper way. Okay, go ahead. We can't just say, okay, we're going. I mean, this we have to have some professionalism after all. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and that 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 I don't count that as professionalism. Um, uh, Peril Ashenbrand's books, On My Knees, and The Only Wish I Trust is My Own, also available on Amazon. ComedyCloud.co, uh, once again, for C-O-C-O-M, all your... C-O-M, no? No, C-O, we had the... C-O! Columbia? For all your remote comedy needs. Um, and podcast at ComedySelly.com for comments, suggestions, and constructive or maybe not so constructive criticism. Comedy Cellar, open seven nights a week. We have the best comedy in town. ComedySelly.com. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.